It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to Under the Hood, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. As the calendar turns to March, normally we're thinking about playoff positioning and getting into the right spot to get the best seed you can for the upcoming Kelly Cup tournament. Instead, this year, because of the late start to the season, we're about to hit the midpoint of the 2020-21 ECHL campaign. The Fuel begin March with a record of 26-1 and and will hit the midpoint of the schedule this month and then really begin to hit the home stretch. Right now, the Fuel are in second place in the ECHL's Eastern Conference, three points back of the league-leading Florida Everblades, and the Fuel have the second-best record in all of the ECHL right now. A big reason why? They have won eight of their last 11 games and recently went 5-3-0 and in a very busy eight games in 12 days stretch, including going 2-2 two and two this week. And that comes despite a number of players called up, a number of injuries, a lot of key guys out of the lineup. Head coach Doug Christensen's team continues to just plug along and pile up points. This past week, the Fuel went 2-2, two and two, starting with a 4-1 to victory Wednesday in Wheeling, in which Jared Thomas, Antoine Waked, Matt Marcinou, and Nick Hutchison all found the back of the net. The Fuel's scoreless streak ended at 188 minutes and 9 seconds, a franchise record that has been shared by Dan Bacala and Billy Christopoulos when the Nailers scored late in the game with just a minute and 21 seconds to go. That was the only thing that stood between the Fuel and a third straight shutout and Dan Bacala's second straight shutout. Backless personal shutout streak was 160 minutes and 41 seconds. That ended up spanning three different games, including a shutout against Greenville. That is also a franchise record. On Friday night, the Fuel then welcomed the Fort Wayne Comets for the first of a three-game weekend series. As has happened this season, the Fuel surrendered the first couple of goals, but Indy, coming into the weekend, 6-2 and two when trailing, entering the third period. They made it 7-2 and two on Friday night, starting with this goal by Chris Martinet, his first goal in more than a calendar year. Christopoulos plays it past him to Chris Martinet, lobs it up to center. Looking for Hutchison, tips it further forward to Jared Thomas. Into the four-wayne end, McNicholas gets the puck below the goal, over for Thomas, now to Martinet. In between the hash marks, Martinet rips one and scores. Chris Martinet cuts the Fuels deficit to 2-1 to one with his first goal of the season. And just like that, Indy back within one. Well, Chris Martinet makes an incredible play in his own zone along the boards. A Fort Wayne four-checker who was Spencer Spallman was taking away the boards. And Martinet didn't try and force it up the boards. He did a high flip to the neutral zone. That relieved the pressure. And then the Fuel can get it in the offensive zone and go to work. Great job by Jared Thomas coming out from behind the net. Setting it towards the net. And the puck finds its way on a deflection right to the stick of Chris Martinet. On his stick. Off his stick. And he beats Stephanus Lekas to the glove side. So some great work in his own zone. 
and he produces offensively. It's been a solid game for Chris Martinet. He gets rewarded in the Indy Fuel with the all-important early goal. It's 2-1. As always, Nick Olchek joins me on the calls. Martinet then fed Nick Pirog midway through the period to make it a 2-2 game. Lobbing into the Fort Wayne line to Pirog. He shoots and scores! Nick Pirog pops on a loose puck below the hash marks and whips it past Lekas. And the league's leading goal scorer cashes in. We're tied at two. That's number 15 on the season for Nick Pirog. And when you need a goal, you can absolutely count on him. What a high-flipping play. Out of their own zone. I don't think the puck landed until it was on the other side of the blue line. It looked like it was Chris Martinet who played the high-flipping puck and what aided the shot from Nick Pirog, as you could see, Stephanus Lekas took a stride out of his crease. He thought he was going to try and get to the puck first before Pirog. He realized he didn't. Then by the time he was able to back up, he was out of position, and Pirog fired it past him short side. So the indecision from the goaltender helps Pirog. He picks his corner, and the Indy Fuel have tied the hockey game. Going into overtime... Indy has had the overtime magic all season. This was the ninth game in which the Fuel have played past regulation and became their eighth win, thanks to Mr. OT, Matt Marcinou, with his third overtime winner of the year. Siebenauer the other way. Up the left wing boards, puts on the brakes after gaining the line. Ali takes the puck ahead now to Marcinou. Breakaway, game on a stick, Marcinou slips it through the five hole and scores! Matt Marcineau wins it for the Fuel in overtime. He had a clear breakaway and ended up throwing a changeup on Lekas and scores to give the Fuel another overtime win. And Indy wins it 3-2 over the Fort Wayne Comets. Nice play by Lee, and he's able to get it ahead to Marcineau. And Lekas left the five-hole wide open for him, and Marcineau took advantage in the fuel with another come from behind overtime win. Well you called it Andrew a great play by Mike Lee using his speed to come back on the back check forces the turnover and on the backhand just plays the puck into the neutral ice knowing that Matt Marston is going to be able to skate into it and no one's catching Matt Marcinou when there's no one between him and the goaltender and watch the move for those watching on Flow Hockey a little leg kick, forehand, backhand, and right between the wickets of Stephanus Lekas. Marcinou took a feed on a really nice defensive play by Mike Lee on that one. And Mike Lee will be one of our two guests on this edition of the podcast. You'll hear from him and Michael McNicholas later on in the program. Head coach Doug Christensen made a couple of moves this past week. Michael Pellick made his Fuel debut on Friday, a veteran who had played for the Wheeling Nailers, and he is a veteran of more than 725 ECHL games and has tallied more than 550 points in the ECHL in a career that has spanned 12 seasons. Also, Darian Skio was signed on Sunday right before the game, 
and made his professional debut. He is a rookie, former alternate captain of the Vancouver Giants in the Western Hockey League and played the last two seasons at Carleton University in Canada. Skio is a guy who's not afraid to drop the gloves, had 65 penalty minutes in 25 games last season in college and had triple-digit penalty minutes in two of his three seasons in the Western Hockey League. And so they continue to bolster this Indy Fuel lineup that has led to 20 wins in 27 games so far. The highlight of Saturday's game, a loss to Fort Wayne, was Pellick scoring his first goal for the Fuel and his first in 51 weeks of the season as he had 10 assists for Wheeling before coming to Indy, but was able to score his first goal of the year with the Fuel. Indy was shut out on Sunday 3 to nothing. The first two-game losing streak of the year with back-to-back regulation losses. Indy will try to snap that on Wednesday when the Wheeling Nailers come to town. One of two home games this week for Doug Christensen's squad. 7 o'clock face-off. It will be another all-you-can-eat night at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Buy your game ticket and you can have unlimited burgers, hot dogs, popcorn, and more. That is Wednesday's all-you-can-eat night. Friday night will be Circle City Night, presented by Community Health Network, as the Fuel welcome the Kansas City Mavericks. It's also a do 317 night, $3 beers and sodas, $1 hot dogs, and $7 limited edition t-shirts. Just two games this week for the Fuel, as the schedule really lightens up a little bit after playing eight games in 12 days. Just two games this week, three games the following week, and no back-to-backs for the next two and a half weeks. And so it's an opportunity for this team to get a little bit of rest, get a few guys healthy, get some guys back into the lineup and be able to hit the ground running for a seven game road trip. That's coming up in the second half of the month of March. It's time to meet our guest. Our first guest is Mike Lee. He's a rookie defenseman for the fuel. He was signed out of sacred heart university this fall where he was the Atlantic Hockey Association's Defenseman of the Year and an All-American last season. He had 33 points in 33 games last year for Sacred Heart and is one of the top defenseman scorers in the ECHL. Matter of fact, he is sixth in the league in defenseman points and eighth in the league in rookie points this year with four goals and 11 assists on the season. Mike Lee has made a tremendous impact on this Indy Fuel roster and is one of four Fuel defensemen who rank in the top 20 in league scoring. Here is our conversation with Indy Fuel defenseman Mike Lee. Really good start to the season with 19 wins in your first 24 games. Describe what has really been clicking, especially recently for this team that you've been able to have the success you've had. You know, it starts from the goalies out. Um, You know, Bax and uh, Billy have been great back there. You know, it kind of you know, allows us to, you know, win some of those games that, you know, that, you know, we've been outshot, but, you know, they've been great. Um, I think our D core is one of the best in the league and, you know, uh, we take pride in our own D zone. And when we get in the offensive zone, we want to, you know, produce offense, you know, for the team and then our forwards, you know, our forwards are really deep. Uh, we got a, you know, a good mix of guys from size and skill. So, you know, just those three things, you know, I think, you know, really puts us over the top. How much fun has it been to be a part of this start so far? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, kind of just joining, 
the pro scene here. Um, you know, you don't really know what to expect. And then, you know, we had a lot of success at the beginning of the year and it's been fun. Um, you know, not taking it for granted, but you know, it's been good to start off, you know, on a very good team and, uh, the success that we have, you know, allows, you know, a lot of guys to, you know, feel good in practices and locker room and, you know, just continuing with that success. Billy and Bax had back-to-back shutouts this past weekend. How much pride as a defenseman especially, but really the the entire team, do you take when your goaltender gets a shutout? We all talk about it on the bench, you know, once, you know, especially if you're heading in the third period and, you know, they had that shutout going, uh, you take a lot of pride in, you know, making sure they, you know, doing what you can do, you know, to give them that shutout because it's a great thing for them and a great thing for the team. How much has your game kind of grown and improved since the early part of the year as you've gotten used to the pro game? The coaches talk about, you know, keeping things simple and making things, you know, making hard plays. And I think, you know, at the beginning, beginning of the year, you, you know, try to do too much, you know, try to prove yourself, but, you know, less is more. And I think that's a, that's a huge thing for the pro game. And, you know, when things come to you after you do those simple things and, I think that's helped me a lot. What's been the biggest difference between the college game and the professional game? Not much is different. You know, there's, there is a lot of older guys, a lot of guys that, you know, have a lot of games played. So, you know, they, you know, there's probably less mistakes in the pro game and, you know, definitely a lot more skill, but, um, you know, I think I've adapted well and, you know, the older guys in the team and kind of, you know, took me in and, you know, they give me advice and it helps a lot. A lot of good puck movers is part of the decor, and Texera is one of the elite uh, defensemen in the league as far as moving the puck and quarterbacking a power play at Raskob as well. And you look, you, those two, and Cliff Watson are all in the top 15 in scoring in the league right now. What have you learned from them, and how much have they really helped you transition into the pro game? They help me every day, right? You know, I'm a young guy, you know, everyone's been there and they know that. So, you know, they pull me aside and they, you know, give me just, you know, little advice. You know, just, you know, when I'm doing good, when I'm doing bad. And, you know, it's been, it's been great to have those guys, you know, those, that older presence and, um, you know, kind of help me through things. You know, if you're struggling, you know, they always kind of bring you up. And I think that's a huge part of our decor, right? We all talk and, you know, and, you know, we're a tight knitted group. So, uh, I think that helps us, you know, definitely in the short term and then definitely down the road. What's really been clicking well for you individually is especially since the weekend off that you had in January, you've had 10 points in 11 games. I think our team's just been playing really well, right? You know, we play with a lot of pace and, you know, teams have, you know, a tough time kind of keeping up with us all game, right? And so, you know, once, you know, our forwards are going, once our decor is going, you know, our goalies are making big stops, you know, it kind of opens up for uh you know certain guys and i think that's played a huge role and um i think you know just like the older presence as well right like we have a lot of older guys veteran guys like bro right he's playing the nhl you know people look people look at him and you know he does the right things and i think um you know you know the team's just been doing really well and it just helps my success as well you and Anthony Wise have been paired together a lot here recently. How do you two complement each other? Yeah, Wise is, you know, he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman. He's, you know, he's big, he's solid. Um, you know, and I, you know, I like to get in the rush a little bit more, and he kind of stays back. But, 
you know, he's been he's been getting better better and better every game. So, you know, it's good to see that for him and um yeah, it's been a good good time uh playing with him so far. What did it mean to you last year to have the year you had in your senior season at Sacred Heart where you were an all American, you were named your conference's defenseman of the year, you scored at a point a game pace. How did that season come together and what did those postseason honors mean to you? It's not just that one season, right? You know, we you know, I was there for three years and what we built through those three years, you know, you know, once I got there, they weren't, you know, the program that they wanted to be. And, you know, we built it throughout the years, you know, especially the older guys. And, uh, that season, we just had a great team, you know, we were deep, um, you know, and getting those honors at the end of the year, you know, that was, that was just not me, right. It was the team that I had, we were just able to, you know, play at a pace, kind of like the fuel and, you know, allowed me to, you know, get the points that I did and, um, you know, i got to say thanks to my teammates for that one. Was it really nice as well for you to get the opportunity to come back essentially close to home and and play near your hometown in Connecticut? Yeah, it was great. Uh, CJ Maritola, head coach, I've known him for a while. And, you know, when I was transferring, you know, he kind of gave me the call and, you know, that's wanted to go to Sacred Heart, you know, because I knew I knew the coach and I knew the type of guy that he was and it was good to play in my hometown, you know, close to home, uh, family going a lot of the games. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a great move for me. And, um, and, you know, Sega Heart was one of the best, you know, some of the best years of my life. So it was a good move. What have you enjoyed the most about being an Indy so far? Probably the winning. <laughs> yeah, it's been good, right? Winning games. So, you know, the mood in the locker rooms always, always good. Um, you know, so, it's always great to play for a winning team, right? And, you know, Doug's done a great job, you know, kind of managing us and, um, you know, making sure that we're in the, you know, the best state uh, when it comes game time. So, yeah, winning games and, you know, just the group that we have, you know, the group we have is great. You know, all the guys get along. So This weekend's another 3-3, three and three, another 4-5. and five. In college, you play a lot of Fridays and Saturdays, and that's also usually the case in junior as well. How do you get used to and get your body ready to play this large number of games in a short amount of time? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, you kind of just have to work through it, right? You're not going to be at a hundred percent every night. So, you know, definitely, you know, the older guys, you know, they do things, uh, you know, certain ways and you kind of, you know, pick up some of those things that they do and making sure that your body's at the best it could be. Right. So, you know, especially, you know, uh, you know, you making sure you're stretching out, you're making sure, you know, you're hydrating well, you know, to make sure that your body's in the best position when it comes to game time. In Tulsa, you score your first career goal. Describe what that meant to you and what that was like. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, you start thinking, you know, when is it going to come? Is it ever going to come? Um, but you know, once it, once it went in the back of that, you know, it was just kind of like a little weight off my shoulders. Um, um, then, um, yeah, just a weight off your shoulders and, you know, thinking, you know, oh, you know, when's my next one going to be when, you know, so that was definitely good. Um, definitely helped out the team that game. So that was good. And, uh, outside of the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, because that's the easy answer. What's your favorite rink to play in home or away? Well, when I played at Vermont, right. So Vermont mm-hmm. was a great place to play. Um, you know, that was my home rink, you know, it was a sellout crowd at pretty much every night, you know, older, it's an older, uh, rink. So, you know, you have the wood, you know, you have the, that wood structure, you know, it gets loud. The fans are great there. And so, uh, that was one of my probably, 
one of my favorite places to play. And what's your favorite memory from playing at any level? Probably when the BCHL uh, championship, that was great. Um, you know, we had a great year that year. Uh, we had a great group of guys. Um, you know, we went down two games to Nanaimo, and then we ended up winning four straight. So that was that was probably one of my best memories. When you win a championship, does that really create a bond you're going to carry with you really through the rest of your, not just your hockey career, but really the rest of your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, uh you know, that team that I won a championship with in um, Penticton, you know, we just, we all chipped in money to, to you know, have our, uh, have our team, uh, have like our team and all our, uh, you know, accomplishments uh, in the back of a stall in the locker room, right? You know, they were doing this thing and where they, you know, you can buy the back of a stall and, you know, you put up a name and, you know, we all came together as a group and, we did our team from that year and, you know, just kind of, you know, it goes to show that, you know, once you do win a championship, you know, it kind of sticks with you the rest of your life and you kind of, you know, stay in contact with all those guys. What are you looking for the rest of the year? Playing games, keep winning, you know, making sure, you know, everyone stays healthy as much as possible. And uh, when it comes uh playoffs, you know, it's going to be, you know, definitely an exciting time and, you know, looking forward to, you know, winning a Kelly Cup. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mike. It was great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Our next guest is Michael McNicholas. McNicholas is one of four Southern California natives who have played for the Fuel this season, and he has been a heck of an addition to this team. On Friday night, he completed a five-game scoring streak in which he tallied eight points in those five games, and in his 16 games with the Fuel since being signed, he has four goals and 10 assists, so he's been basically a point-a-game player for this Fuel team. He is in his third full ECHL season, played the last two years with the Maine Mariners, and was signed to play with the Mariners again this year, but COVID intervened and the Mariners were unable to play, so he started the year with the Utah Grizzlies and then joined the Fuel on January 13th. It's actually full circle for McNicholas, who began his pro career with the Fuel back in the 2017-18 season when he was signed out of the University of New Hampshire. He had one assist in three games, then went to Norway to play for part of a season before coming back to North America and signing with the Maine Mariners. Here is Michael McNicholas. This team comes in playing some really good hockey. You've won six of your last seven. What's really been clicking for the Fuel? Um, I would say just overall, uh, just guys picking each other up. Um, last night, for example, against Wheeling, uh, we, I don't think we played a great game overall as a team, but, uh, you know, backs standing on his head in the net, you know, bailing guys out, um, that's what this team's best at. It's just guys, when other guys are down or they're not playing well, other guys are stepping up into the big roles and uh, getting the job done. So that's been the biggest thing for us. You've been on a surge here personally with seven points in the last four games entering the weekend. What has really been working for you, especially as you've moved up and down the lineup? I think our power play has been been good and very opportunistic. Um, That's been big for my production as well, given that opportunity to get out there on the power play. Um, Also, like five-on-five play has been good and, you know, I've been um, gaining some chemistry with 
the line mates I've been playing with so far the past, you know, three, four games. Um, so it's been fun hockey, um, you know, going into this weekend against four way and they're a good team who has good players who can, you know, skate well and make plays out there. So uh, we're definitely going to have to bring our A game if we, if we want to win all three here. You didn't get a chance to play Fort Wayne last week, but you'll be in the lineup this weekend. They're obviously a very physical team. How do you use your speed in transition game to try to beat that physicality? Exactly, yeah. So uh, we just got to wear them down with our speed. I think we're probably one of the fastest teams in the league. So uh, we just have to use that to our advantage. Um, they got They got a good power play. So we got to make sure we're staying out of the box as well, and and when we do get on the kill, we got to make sure we're bearing down and um, getting pucks north and uh, just doing the job. It seemed like you and Diego Culietta had some really instant chemistry when he joined the team on Sunday. You've played a couple of games together now. Did you skate together when you were teammates in Utah at the beginning of the season and rekindle that chemistry this week? Yeah, we. Uh... Me and Cougs played against each other in junior, so I mean, I knew, and then obviously in Utah we were together for a little bit, and I, you know, I knew what kind of player he is, I know he's skilled and can make plays and can score goals as well, so uh, it was an easy transition playing with him right away, and uh, he he took advantage of his opportunity, and um, you know, he scored some big goals there the first game playing with us. The last few games you've been playing with Jared Thomas as your center as well, He's a heck of a playmaker. What is it like playing on his line? He's a really smart player. Him and Coos both are really smart players, and all three of us kind of think the game the same way. We want to, you know, uh, play in the ozone for most of the game and make plays, and uh, and uh, it's been working out pretty well. So it's been fun playing with those two. They're really good players. When you came to Indy, you came to a very deep team midway through the season with a lot of guys in the top six, and obviously with injuries with call-ups with other things that has opened up some opportunities you've been a big scorer in this league already how did you kind of bide your time and wait for your opportunity but then make the most of it once that came yeah like you said guys move up and guys have to fill those roles and uh you know i've had experience playing um you know big minutes in this league um the past two years so uh, it wasn't new for me to, you know, jump on the power play and have a big role like that. So, um, you know, I feel comfortable out there and I'm feeling good about my game right now. I feel confident. So, uh, so I mean, it was, it was nice to get that opportunity and I'm glad, you know, I was able to help the team out and, uh, you know, produce some, some points and, uh, you know, get some goals up there for us. It's been a really interesting season for you. You've had two really good seasons with the main Mariners and had re-signed with them in the offseason, planning to play with them this year. But then when they in the North Division announced they were not going to play, you went to Utah and then eventually to Indy. What has this year been like for you, especially after the North Division announced it was canceling and then moving your way here to Indy? Um, it's been great. Uh, it's honestly worked out tremendously, in my opinion. Um, this place is, you know... It's you can't get much better um, playing this league with the setup we have and the the staff and the the team here and the group of guys we have. Uh, it's a really close group of guys. It was like seamless um, joining this team. You know they welcome you in right away and uh, you know you're you're one of the boys right away. So uh, it was it was a really easy transition. 
And um, I think, you know, the system we have as a team fits my game as well, which uh, which is nice. So, um, yeah, it was, it's it's worked out for the best. It was obviously tough hearing the news with uh, COVID and, you know, not knowing if I was even going to be able to play for a team. Um, so I'm, I'm glad it's worked out the way it has for sure. Michael, what have you enjoyed most about being in Indy so far? The group of guys and then the games. The games have been fun. Um, it's nice that we can get at least some fans there. And, uh, you know, they're fun games to play, and it's a fun arena to play in. So um, that's probably the games have probably overall been the most fun I've had uh, since, been, since being here for sure. You're one of four Southern California natives on the roster joining Keone Teixeira, Scott Savage, and Alec McRae, who's now in the American Hockey League. What has that been like for you to see some familiar faces in the dressing room and be part of a group of guys that all came from the same environment, the same hockey culture growing up? Yeah, it's crazy. I've honestly only had Savage was the only guy I've ever played with uh, before this year that was from California. So um, it's it's a nice change. And, uh, you know, it's good to see those familiar faces. I've skated in the summers with Keone and McRae, and uh, it's been really nice playing with playing with those guys. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little older than those guys, so I didn't play against them much growing up and stuff like that, but I knew who they were, and, uh, you know, they're all good players, and it's nice to see some players come, more players coming out of California, always. What is the influence of the Kings and the Ducks and their role in growing the game to where now Southern California is producing a lot of high-level pros, and obviously we see that right here on the Indy Fuel roster. Yeah, there's a lot of good players growing up. Even just going to the rink back home, you'll see young players who, you know, they have a lot of lot of talent. And uh, I think, you know, there's good coaching out in California, um, good skill development where players are, you know, getting taught things at a very young age which uh which helps them out later in the future. So um it's it's awesome to see. Uh, it's getting bigger, you know, each year it gets bigger over there and uh yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of good talent coming down. I think it's only gonna grow as the as the years go on. How did you get your start in hockey? Well I uh my dad played a little bit when he was younger and um I actually grew up playing in Vegas with Sullivan with Joe Sullivan. Okay. And so we played together when we were younger, and uh, we got into roller hockey a little bit too. So, yeah, my dad, my dad got me into it at a young age, and uh, I loved it right away. So, it's interesting to see you back with the Indy Fuel because your pro career has come full circle. You signed with the Fuel right out of the University of New Hampshire, and played your first handful of professional games. Had your first pro point with the Fuel before going to the Maine Mariners for the last two seasons. What's it been like for you, and how much are things different now that you're back with the Indy Fuel? It's nice. Um, I liked it. I liked it when I came here after UNH, um, but it's honestly it's been it's been nice here. Uh, I would say the level of play this year is is better than any other year in the coast. Um, so it's fun hockey, um, and it's it's been it's been fun. It's been fun winning games too. I mean. I haven't had a team this with this good of a record uh, probably ever. I've never been on a team this with this good of a record at the start of the season. So um, winning games is fun, and 
yeah, it's been it's been a good time. It's your third year here in the league. How do you bring your experience to help this Indy Fuel squad? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the experience I bring is more from um, just playing the last. I mean, this is my third year in the league, mm-hmm. so uh, I know I know what it takes for rest wise. You know, when you have two, four, and fives like we do last week and this week. Um, you know, rest is key. So stuff like that. Uh, and just like taking care of the body and, uh, yeah, experience and just being a good teammate, um, and just playing hard every night. So yeah, the, uh, the experience I have the last two years, I would say just have helped me grow and, uh, help me with my confidence as well. And yeah, it's been good. Michael, thank you for joining us. Good luck this weekend. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And we want to thank Michael McNicholas and Mike Lee for joining us for intermission interviews and our Under the Hood podcast. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. The Indy Fuel again, home Wednesday night against the Wheeling Nailers, Friday night against the Kansas City Mavericks, March 3rd and 5th, 7.05 face-offs each night. Get your tickets quickly because they do go fast at IndieFuelHockey.com. And as always, Nick Olchek and I will bring you all the action on Flow Hockey and on our audio stream at Mixler.com slash IndieFuel. Looking forward to seeing you this week with the two Indie Fuel home games. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. I am Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.